0: And finally, Bedlam Festival 2021 takes place between the 12th and 21st of November with a creative programme to explore mental health and well-being through the arts. I caught up with writer Farah Chowdhury to talk about her forthcoming play, The Walls Between Us, which she brings to the Rep on the 17th and 18th of November. This is Swing. So joining us now on the show, I'm really pleased to welcome Farah Chowdhury, who has written a piece for this year's Bedlam Festival 2021, which is really interesting because it explores some very current and present themes. So firstly, Farah, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, James.
0: And uh, let's start with this play, which I think has been commissioned for the festival. And the title is The Walls Between Us. So um, help us explore that title, first of all.
1: Yeah, sure. So yes, this was a play commissioned by Sampad for this year's Bedlam Festival and Sampad wanted to explore the impact of COVID-19, the pandemic and lockdown on people from the South Asian diaspora or communities rather. Um, So the play was commissioned to, the first part of that commission was a process of research which I had to go out and talk to people about in terms of uh, their experiences and uh, we asked for contributors and people reached out to us and talked to us about their stories and, 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 you know, about COVID-19 and lockdown and really the title reflects some of those messages and some of those stories that I listened to and heard over the course of the research period. So yeah, it's, um, it means many different things. It could mean different things to different people, depending on how they interpret the play itself, interpret, you know, from off the back of watching it or their experiences of lockdown. So a whole number of things, James.
0: So it's quite a difficult one, really, because you're writing, I think, about something that is still present. You know, the pandemic is still looming, uh, unfortunately. And you're looking at, I suppose, the effects on, as you mentioned, families, but also society in the round, and in particular, certain communities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the people that I talked to, and I talked to some really wonderful people, mm-hmm. um, the stories that I heard were. You know, there are a mix, mix of um, really uplifting, positive stories and also some really upsetting stories. And those are still, as you say continuing you know into into next year and, and and beyond the pandemic isn't over as we all know the, the things that have happened over the last couple of years are going to have lasting effects on on our lives and our cultures and in our communities i guess the beginnings of of the covid-19 pandemic 2020 i think it was, was it last year I, I, the people that i talked to it was very much about their exploration of of the journey so far and maybe looking into the future
0: too. So really, I guess the title alludes to some of those physical barriers, physical walls that we've all had to, I guess, put in place. But more than that, it's about, I suppose, it's probably not the right way to describe it, but those kind of imagined walls, those psychological walls that people uh, are brought into play.
1: Yeah, spot on. Um, I think there was a real essence of of um, a real theme around space and belonging and where we were sort of positioned physically and emotionally during the the, the lockdown period and I talked to a lot of people about you know, physically, you know, whether they were at home, whether they were away from home, whether they were trapped somewhere um, geographically, people were trapped abroad, you know, being, not being able to go back home. Alternately, people were stuck here and they couldn't go back home. So there was a real sense of of space during my research, you know, people really struggling with, with space and that could be a very physical space in terms of, you know, house and a home, a, you know, physical room, or in, indeed, as you say, James, um, mentally and emotionally, where people are, uh, or people, where people were, rather, during certain periods of the lockdown. So it could mean a, a whole different array of things.
0: Let's talk about some of the characters in the play, because in a way, I think they're kind of markers, and and what I mean by that is there's at different points in in generations, and, and perhaps you know, markers for how communities have changed and how we are changing as a as a result of some of this
1: yeah sure it was really important for us to really delve into the experiences of different generations for this story and really important for me too because i think different age groups dealt with things different in different ways but also in similar ways so i think despite the fact that we you know look we looked at things differently depending on who we are as people we looked at a lot of things, you know, from similar lenses, too, which is I found quite, quite interesting. So we've got um, the, the play is formed of three central characters. We've got Fazila, who's the eldest. Uh, she is like the maternal figure of, of the home, of, of the family. Um, we've got her son, Rahil. And then we've got his daughter, Malaika. So there are three characters there, all encompassing different age groups and different experiences of life and what, what, what COVID means to them individually as people, as well as, you know, what it could be for those community groups within that, within those age groups.
0: Now, I was going to ask you a question about how you approach the play. And you've mentioned some of the, the research and some of the kind of background that you did prior to, um, I was going to say pulling it together, but that doesn't do it justice, I don't think. I, I guess I'm trying <laughs> to get to something about the the process of this, because, um there's always limitations in terms of how we're operating at the moment. But in, in some ways, people like to traditionally limit plays or um, theatrical pieces to a, a set scene and a limited number of characters. But in this sense, you, you didn't have a great deal of choice, did you, in terms of the, the subject matter? Because you set in that. In, in that environment already.
1: Yeah, the commission was based on the theme of the, the pandemic and how it's impacting people's mental health during the lockdown, South Asian communities during the lockdown. So that was very set in stone. For me, me the things that I talk about as a writer is you know aligned with that quite nicely. I talk about identity and belonging and and uh, the diaspora. That's what I write about. Those are my passions. So for me, um, it was a very exciting prospect and mental health is a theme that I have also written about before. It's a theme close to my heart. Um, I know that in South Asian communities, there's a stigma attached to, to it, unfortunately, even now. I mean, that stigma exists in other cultures, too. It isn't just South Asian cultures. It's, you know, it's uh, many cultures or all cultures, in fact, uh, depending on the pockets that you explore. But of course, with, with theatre, there are those, those boundaries and those limitations, as you, as you say. Um, but I worked around those quite nicely. And I think when you go out there as a writer and you explore uh, when there's a research process, you you're very much led by that research process. Uh, so yeah, I went into it kind of blindly, I guess, and and lo- and I looked for the stories off the back of the research. That's that's the first thing that you do really is, is go out there and talk to people, and think about the things that are, are prevalent within those stories.
0: Okay, so importantly, we should mention that there are two performances coming up of the walls between us at the rep in Birmingham. There's one on the 17th of November, which I think is the relaxed performance. And then there's also one on the 18th of November, which is a BSL interpretive performance as well. So you've got uh, two performances, but also mm-hmm. as if that's not enough, you're subjecting yourself, I think, to a sort of post-show discussion as well for those.
1: Yes, I actually quite love them. <laughs> I enjoy to I enjoy speaking to to people about their experiences of the play because it is it, it'll be a different experience for everybody. so yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
0: And I think the play also focuses on some themes which maybe we don't always think about overtly, but and that kind of challenge between the sort of technical and the social, you know, we're all at the moment still trying to work out a kind of balance. but I, I don't know your thoughts on this, but we've kind of realized I think that, the technical can only go so far you know and only enables the kind of social to a to a point but equally it it has it's had its place hasn't it it's helped fill the gap i guess
1: yeah absolutely i think from the research process i found that a lot of people were turning to tech to, to talk to people who you know they'd ordinarily go and see face to face in real life a lot of people started using using facetime and i think with the with the um uh, one of the special things that i did notice in the In the research, because we're dealing with the diaspora here, people from the diaspora, there were lots of people who weren't just physically separated within this country, but were also separated globally. So the scale was quite was quite big you know there are people who as i said earlier on were stuck you know in india pakistan bangladesh and, and and vice versa people that were stuck here that couldn't go home so the only means of of communication for these people was you know facetime or the phone or texting or instagram i mean even instagram found it, it, it was a blanket for people which i think is is wonderful i think tech and i'm not a huge fan of of, of modern tech but um but it is definitely a means of um, of of comms for people and it's a wonderful means
0: too. It's been a really interesting time certainly uh for those of us involved in radio things. I think the majority of us sort of would be going to a studio or we'll be out and about with uh, bits of kit but it, it, exclusively over the, at least the last 12 months or so everything's been done the laptop remotely so you know it's a real shift and I think it has affected how people creatively approach things which um you know you you've, you've touched on there Let, let's talk a little bit as well about you as a writer because I'm keen to always find out a little about writers and their and their background and how I suppose not just how you came to writing but how you found out you could write
1: <laughs> that's a, a very big question um I'll try to I'll try to um uh, respond um in the short time that we have. So I started writing many years ago, James, um, and actually the first theatre programme that I joined was at the Birmingham Rep uh, many years ago. I won't divulge how many years ago it was, um, but um, but yeah, so that's where I learned the craft of playwriting and absolutely loved it. I fell in love with uh, make-believe. I fell in love with um, creating worlds in which you could really explore Various themes, themes that you were passionate about, you know, and I and since then I've been, you know, I've, I've done work, I've worked with the Royal Court on some of their writers programmes. Um, I've done a bit of work on theatre. I'm, I'm a associate artist at 1623 theatre company based in Derby, which is, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy that part of, of, of my role as a writer. And I have currently done a short film. Um, so I've written a poem and the poem is encompassed in this film. And that short film is currently doing film festivals around the world. So I'm very blessed to have uh, been on the journey that I have. When you write
0: something, do you have an idea about where it will best translate? So, you know, do, do you in your mind, do you think that's a play, that's a film, that's a poem? Or is it perhaps not as simple as that?
1: Either or really. I think sometimes writing comes from it comes from an idea. And I might not know if it's a play or a poem or, or, it's, or if it's you know film. Or I might have a very definitive idea. This is going to be a play, um, so it can be anything. Now the things that I write about, as I said earlier, I write about identity and belonging and the diaspora, culture, race, those sorts of things. And often it's I write those things because I feel there's stories that need to be told. There's stories that are often hidden, policed in some respect. You know, um, the stories that are aren't always heard. And I'm also guilty of this. I, I, I recently heard a story my dad told me about his experience of coming to the UK for the first time. I'd never heard that story before. And it was a story about how he'd seen snow for the first time, which again, he'd never told me that before. And I'm guilty of not asking those questions and not, and guilty of not learning about them. But these are the stories that are so important to tell because those stories of migration and of loss, I mean, they're they're so prevalent in our cultures. Um, that they're so important to tell. So I guess I, I I might experience something or I might hear something on the radio or see something in an article that will inspire me to 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 get a story out that, that needs to be told.
0: Now, obviously, The Walls Between Us is a pandemic focused piece. And I imagine from the things that you've said, it's been quite an intense process in terms of getting that right and, uh, you know, putting that onto the Stages Has that forced mm-hmm. your thinking wider onto other things? Has it has it been a helpful process in that sense?
1: yeah it's been great I mean, i've done research-based projects before obviously the pandemic is is new to all of us and the parameters of you know that that have been set for us you know on a global scale are very new to us all writing it based on going out into the communities learning about you know mental health within the communities and how it's been affected has definitely inspired me to do more more community focused work Um, i think it's important that you know we do that and we engage communities in arts and also South Asian communities don't always go out to experience art because it, they don't have access to it. And that's one of the great things about Bedlam and about Sampad is that we're taking this play, as well as in the rep, we're taking it out into the community, into community spaces, which is wonderful. Um, so I urge people to, in those communities to, to go and you know, check out the website sampad.org.uk and, uh, and have a look at, you know, where it's playing near you. And it will be near you somewhere at some point um, in November.
0: Um, we should mention, I think, that Bedlam Arts and Mental Health Festival 2021, I think it's in its fifth season. I think this is the fifth year. And um, it's a collective, really, of Birmingham Solihull Mental Health Trust and the Birmingham Rep, as you mentioned, Mac Birmingham, Sampad, uh, and also Red Earth Collective. So there's a real diversity of people behind it let let alone on the program itself when it appears
1: yeah absolutely um mental health is such an important topic for us to for us to really explore and delve into like i said even especially in south asian communities where it's still a massive stigma so i mean we're really lucky that we've got all these partners behind us supporting the festival getting it out there into you know, into communities that, you know, ordinarily might not have access to this kind of work. So, and there's a wonderful programme of events. The Walls Between us is only one is only one element of it. There's lots of different um, stuff that you can go out and, and enjoy.
0: Excellent. Well, Farah, it's been great to talk to you on the show and uh, best of luck with the play itself. And also, crucially, best of luck with those questions that people will bring forward to the post-show discussions. But for the time being, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you, James.